everybody. Welcome back. I'm Bryn. And I'm Kelsey. And this is Crime, Colts, and Coffee. Our podcast. Yes. Our <laughs> podcast. If, if you didn't, didn't know. know. <laughs> You're listening to a podcast. <laughs> so, so, you want to wanna talk about our coffee today? Yeah. So, today we are reviewing another Cars Coffee. Yes. You can listen back to episode 15 to hear our whole spiel about their company. Yeah, their the ins and outs of their company, how they started. We're going to still mention where they're located and everything, but mm-hmm. we talked a while and they they sent us this beautiful like summary of them to read. Yeah. So we want to we don't want to repeat all of that again. Yes. So please listen back to episode 15 to hear all about their company. Yes, yes, yes. They Be- sent us a lot of coffee, so you'll be hearing lots about them. Yes. We're not going they sent us six sample bags. So we're definitely not going to read their whole summary six times. I think you might turn us off. Yeah, yeah. But Cars Coffee is located in New Jersey, and I have their address right here, 904 County Road 521, Middleville, New Jersey. Yes. Which is also, I guess, technically Stillwater, Stillwater. Mm because they're located out of Stillwater, New Jersey. Yeah. Um, last time we did the, what was the, what was the brand, or the, um, Tanzania Peaberry. Tanzania, yeah. Yeah, I liked that one a lot. I did too. This week we're doing the Brazil Roast. Um, it's a dark roast coffee. Um, I don't know, I, I like this one, but do you want to talk about how we're going to be rating coffees from now on? Yeah, so basically we were talking about it before we started today because we feel like, most of the coffees we've talked about, we have honestly really liked. Yeah. And the ones we haven't, we were honest with you guys. But we want to kind of be able to give it more of a rating. And like a so comparison. Yes, yeah, so you can, con- so you guys can compare it and we can have more of a comparison on a scale of how yeah. we like this. And then it'll make it also easier if you guys want to buy any of this delicious coffee from these shops, mm-hmm. you kind of know where it falls on our taste palette. Yes. So this is not one of my favorites. I do like it. Um, I, I'm i not a huge dark roast fan though. I feel like it gives a little bit of a bitter aftertaste, but if that's the kind of coffee you like, that's the kind of coffee you like. I'm just not a big dark roast person. Right, right, which is totally understandable. Yeah, and Brazil coffees are usually dark roast, um, just because it's it's better that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and less acidic, so it's good for the tummy. Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, not good, but better for the tummy. <laughs> <laughs> not much acid. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm not... Um, it's not one of my favorites. I think it's a good choice for a neutral coffee again to, you know, put, add flavors into. Right. But um, I'm not a huge fan of it. What about you? Um. Well, yeah, like you said, it's like a regular tasting mm-hmm. coffee. There's, It's not really flavored. Yeah. Um, I think it's very smooth. Yeah. And what was the other word that I said before? Mellow. Oh, mellow. <laughs> we pre-planned what we're going to talk about. mellow, yellow. <laughs> yeah, it's like very mellow. Yeah. And I would give it personally a rating of 4.5 out of 10 coffee beans. Yeah, we're going to do coffee beans. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I would put it probably at that at that around that area as mm-hmm. well. Um, I definitely liked the pea berry one better from Cars. Me too. Me yeah. too. That was a really different flavor for me. And like the beans, I feel like... They were just different in general. It, mm-hmm. was, it was a unique coffee, something that I've never tasted before. Yeah. This one, um, yeah, 
I'd, I'd give it like a 4 out of 5. Or 4.5 out of 10. Out of 10. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we're going to be doing out of 10 coffee beans for you guys. Yes. <laughs> and uh, one more thing I wanted to add about Cars Coffee is their Instagram, just so you guys can give them a little follow or check out their page, mm-hmm. because I'm pretty sure we mentioned it on episode 15, but just so you have it again, yeah. their Instagram handle is Cars Coffee, and they spell cars with a K, so K-A-R-S Coffee. Yes. So. Check them out. Check them out. It's like a small business, just give them some support. Yeah, I went, we're I actually, so appreciative. I went to high school with the people that own this yeah. and run this, but they were younger than me, yeah. I believe. I don't know if the one was older than me. They weren't in my grade. Yeah. I just went to high school with them. <laughs> yeah. It's just so sweet of them to have sent over stuff, and it's just like small businesses supporting small businesses. Yeah, so. definitely. Yeah, we're super appreciative. So, do we have anything else to add? I don't think so. That was a little short coffee review, but we we did talk about them a lot before, so. Yeah. I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's get started. And before we start, actually, um, huge trigger warning for today's episode. I think it's probably the most graphic, detailed one that we've done so far. Yeah. So make sure um, if you don't like to listen to that kind of stuff. It's not about kids, but no, but it's very, very, very graphic. And if you don't like that kind of stuff, remember we do have listener stories at the end of our podcast yes in some episodes now so take a listen to towards the end and skip the middle if you don't like it listen (laughs) to our coffee review and check out the end to our listener story yeah all right you're right all right let's do it so grab your coffee (laughs) have a morning with us (laughs) typical us jesus All right, so today's episode is about Joel Guy Jr., and this episode was recommended by Lindsay Howard. Shout out, Lindsay. Shout out, Lindsay. And her Instagram handle is at Lindsay Howe. Thank you so much for sending this in. Yeah. Because this case literally gave me nightmares the other night. It was bad. It's fucking terrifying. Yeah, we can't wait for you guys to hear it. Yeah. (laughs) Get ready. (laughs) Again, trigger warning, this episode's very, very graphic. Yes. And Lindsay basically just DM'd us and had said she wanted us to do a deep dive into this, Mm -hmm. which I think we dove pretty deep, Lindsay. Deep. (laughs) Deep as (laughs) shit. Hashtag deep. Hashtag deep. So, a little bit of background about Joel Michael Guy Jr. He was born in 1988. I couldn't find an exact birth date for him. Who gives a shit? Yeah, honestly, (laughs) who gives a fuck? This guy is a piece of shit. Yeah. So, he was 28 years old at the time of the event. His parents were Joel Michael Guy Sr. and Lisa Guy. And... A little bit about his parents. Joel Michael Guy Sr. was born February 10th, 1955, and he was a pipeline engineering designer, so he was really freaking smart. Yeah, damn. And Lisa Guy, and her maiden name was Madeer, was born August 8th, 1961, and she was a human resources accounts payable administrator. That is a long title. Uh, It is, but damn. (laughs) Yeah. At Jacobs Engineering in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. So, she also worked for an engineering company. Uh Yeah. And Joel Guy Jr. attended Hanville High School. He graduated from the Louisiana School for Math, Science, and the Arts in Natchitoches in 2006. 
and he spent one semester at George Washington University and then attended Louisiana State University as a student, but he dropped out of Louisiana State University in 2015, and then he lived in Baton Rouge until 2016, training to become a plastic surgeon, and which... Please just remember that. Yeah. God help us. That just, that was one of the most disturbing things to me after knowing his story, that he was training to become a fucking plastic surgeon. Among other things. Yeah. He lived alone in an apartment, but previously lived with a roommate. I wonder why that roommate, it wasn't living with him anymore. I need to talk to that roommate. (laughs) I know. We need to have a conversation. And he actually never worked a job in his entire life. Disgusting. He was completely supported by his parents, so he was very coddled, I feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was reclusive and quiet, and he also had three half-sisters from his father's first marriage. Yeah. So that's a little background about this horrifying man. Right. So now we're going to get into it, um, now that you know a little bit of background. I'm going to go to Thursday, November 24th, 2016. Joel Sr., which is his dad, and Lisa Guy had recently sold their Knoxville house at 11434 Golden View Lane, and they were going to retire to uh, another part of Tennessee. Joel Jr. and his three half-sisters attended Thanksgiving at their parents' house, and this was kind of like the big hoorah before they sold their house. Mm -hmm. This was like the last family event that they were going to have. Right. So his sisters all left the Thursday night of Thanksgiving, and Joel was actually supposed to leave on Friday, and his sisters said that, you know, nothing was really weird about the night, everything, you know, kind of was normal, and then they were actually uh, surprised that their brother decided to stay the weekend, which he hadn't originally planned to do. Right, he was going to leave the following day, you said. Yeah. So after Thanksgiving, the parents planned to tell Joel that they were cutting him off financially, But it was actually unknown if that conversation ever happened or if they decided to hold off on telling him that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because basically, they're retiring. They don't have the money anymore to be supporting another adult. And he's fucking 28 years old. Yeah. Like, by then, you should probably have some sort of job. Something. And you're going to school. Like, so they're they're not only paying to support you and paying for your apartment, paying for your fucking schooling. Right. Another article actually said that they planned to tell him around Christmas time, but that's what his sisters had mentioned. They also were unsure if the conversation ever happened. Mm-hmm. Joel Jr. stayed in Tennessee for three days longer than he originally planned. So now we're going to go into November 26th, 2016, which is two days after um, Thanksgiving. So Guy attacked his father while with a knife, in a second-floor exercise room while his mom was out shopping for groceries at Walmart. There was evidence evidence of a struggle because there was torn blinds in the room, there was blood all over the walls, and one of the Bowflex machines in the exercise room was, like, flipped on its side. Ugh. Yeah. Um, His dad, uh, Joel Sr., his clothes were actually cut off from his dead body and left near where he was killed. Just, like, nonchalantly, like, thrown there. Yeah. That's disgusting. This guy... (sighs) Yeah. I mean, every episode we talk about, I have deep hatred for these people, but this man... 
It's another. It's another holds level. Holds a special place. Another fucking level. Yeah. I mean, he. Wait till you guys see a picture of this guy. First of all, like I am not one to bash someone, but he looks like a serial killer. He <laughs> is fucking disturbing looking. Yeah. He is scary. He, he is a scary motherfucker. I'm not kidding. I was researching him the other night, and I <laughs> I turned the my phone to Carson, and I was like, "Look at this man!" And he's like, "It was." So, he is so scary. <laughs> he's like, "Who the fuck is His, that?" <laughs> he like, first of all. He looks like he's just staring through people with no soul. Yeah. And then his, like, I hate commenting on people's looks, but this guy's a fucking murderer, so honestly, I really don't yeah, give a, I don't care. I was saying to Kelsey earlier, <laughs> his, his hair, he reminds me of, what's his name? Hanson. Hanson. Hanson, the butler from Scary Movie, who's, <laughs> who, like, digs into the mashed potatoes and the turkey. Like, that, he Literally, is Hanson. that's him. That's him. It's disgusting. He is so creepy. You need to look at his pictures on our Facebook. Yeah, and we'll put a we'll put a side by side of him and Hanson with the hair. Okay? Just know that Hanson so, is not the killer. No, he's so scraggly and creepy looking, and yeah, uh, he's terrifying. Yeah. Okay, so moving on with <laughs> the murders. Right. So after his clothes were cut off from his body and left near his body, mm-hmm. you can go ahead. So, two large knives were also nearby, and a bloody pack of cigarettes were on top of the clothes pile, also just, like, nonchalantly left there. Yeah. And a piece of knife was found embedded in his dad's shoulder. That's how violent this crime was. Yeah. Just, just picture how much force it took for that. Like, a piece of knife broke off into his shoulder. Yeah. So, Lisa Guy then came home through the front door, dropped the groceries on the floor of the foyer, and went upstairs, and she was then attacked with a knife at the top of the stairs, and nine of her ribs were severed, which... There's so much force behind (sighs) that. Like, how angry was this man that his parents wanted to stop giving him money? I... uh, It just... It doesn't... A whole new sense of entitlement. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. Her clothes were cut from her body as well and left near where she was killed by several tubs of sewer line cleaner. And as we get into all this stuff, not only were the were the murders absolutely brutal, mm-hmm. the thought process this man had about disposing of the bodies is so even more brutal mm-hmm. and just, like, very disturbing. Like, he did a lot of research. Yeah. Very disturbing. So, Joel Sr. was stabbed at least 42 times, and Lisa was stabbed at least 31 times. How do you do that to your parents? And how do you have the strength to stab people over 70 times? Yeah. It just, it doesn't make any sense. So, okay, now we're getting into, if that wasn't graphic enough for everyone, we're getting into the, the really bad stuff. Guy Sr.'s hands were removed at the wrists and left nearby on the floor of the exercise room. Mrs. Guy's head was removed, carried down the stairs, put in a pot on the stove, and heated. Oh! I can't. I can't. I don't know if I can go on. Can I just can't. I read that and literally almost vomited. Like, how do you do that to another human being, let alone your mom? I also read somewhere that when people came in to check out the, the crime scene, the first, like, investigator or police officer or whatever 
saw the stove on. Did he throw the fuck up? I would. Well, no, he saw the pot on the stove, and he saw that the stove was on, because he felt, like, heat coming from it. Yeah. He was like, what the fuck? And he left it. He was like, I'll just go look at the rest of the house first. Oh, my God. Stop. Imagine if he had seen that first. Oh, oh my God. So, at trial, the forensic examiner testified that her head was not just cut, but broken off with force. Which is so beyond disturbing. And how does one human do that to another human being? Let alone the person that gave birth to him. I'm like, supporting my hands him are his like entire shaking because I'm like mad and like disturbed at the same time. <laughs> it's disgusting. It's so disgusting that you could have some people like this that are this fucked up in the world. So their limbs and torso were placed each in a bin full of chemicals to dissolve their bodies, and each body had a large gash inflicted after death so that the chemicals would quicker seep into the bo- body's main cavity, which is just so thought out. He knew exactly what to do. Mm hmm. Guy Jr. was injured during the stabbing. Serves him right. Mm -hmm. He had several cuts to his hands in the assault on his father, including a deep cut on his left thumb. But that also shows how brutal it was that he was was cut by the force of how hard he was, like, stabbing them. At approximately 3.30 p.m., Guy Jr. is seen in Walmart's first aid section getting bandages and ointment for the wounds he received to his hands. And he also purchased isopropyl alcohol and hydrogen peroxide. Oh, poor baby. You just fucking murdered your parents. This man is just, like... Another thing I have to say... This is gonna sound, like, so stupid of me, but I'm just gonna say it. Say it. When I first saw the picture that was sent, like, that was sent in the article... Yeah. ...by Lindsay... It was the picture of him wearing the mask to court, and I was like, oh my god, this guy's so freaking creepy. Was he, like, like a creepy scientist doing weird... Like, before I even read the case. Really? Yeah, and... But meanwhile, he was wearing the mask because of COVID. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually just COVID. I was like, wait, I forgot. We're in a... I forgot for a second we're in a pandemic. I was like, wait, how would you think he's a scientist? But then... I mean, we'll get a little more into it, but with the stuff he did, it was like he had, like, a scientific mind in a way. Like, it was so, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, like, the fact that he was going to school to be a fucking plastic surgeon, people. Yeah. He was going to potentially take care of your lives in, not your lives, well, yeah, your lives, and be trusted with that to be a medical, like, professional. And he used it in the most evil way possible. Yeah. So, those, uh, that was the murder of his parents. I'm gonna jump forward to the next day, which was Sunday, November 27th, 2016. Guy actually drove back to Baton Rouge, where his apartment was, to have his wounds treated at the student clinic. And when I read that, the first thing I thought of was, I need to talk to the person that sutured him. Yeah. Because I work in an urgent care, and I see people coming in with, that need sutures all the time, and I do it, and I'm like... Could you fucking imagine this man coming in, suturing him up, and then leaving, and then later finding out that he just murdered his parents, and you sutured up his wounds? And how the, how would you explain those cuts? Because obviously, if they were, like, deep knife wounds, how do you explain that? Like, oh, I was cutting a tomato, and I, like, sliced my hand. Like, how would you explain that? I don't know. I have no idea. I just want to, I want to talk to that person that, that treated him. That's just crazy. So, Monday, November 28th, which is the next day after getting his wounds cleaned, 
there was a welfare check sent out for Lisa Lisa Guy's employer, Jennifer Witt. I think it's Witted. Yeah, Jennifer Witted. Told the police that she didn't show up for work. She was suspicious of her absence and called the police to do a welfare check, as she should, which Good is job, very Jennifer. nice. Yes, claps for Jennifer. Knox County officers, officer Stephen Ballard and Jeremy McCord and others first found a seemingly empty house. So, like, they were like, you know, looks fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. There was no real estate lock on the front door, because remember I said that they were moving. Mm-hmm. Um, so which, that, is, which is kind of odd, though. Yeah. Like, the house hadn't been sold yet, there would be a lock on the door. Right. They soon discovered the back door's doorknob had been removed and put onto the front door. So, there was a hole in the back door, obviously, where the doorknob was, and from that hole, they can sense, like, heat coming out and a really weird smell coming from inside the house. They described it as a, quote, an odd chemical smell, end quote. Ew. Can you imagine? I can't. No. And, I mean, as a police officer, like, I'm talking like I am one, (laughs) as a police officer, (laughs) I... And someone who know like, is interested in true crime. Yeah. My first thought would be like, oh my god, someone is in chemicals. Someone is disposing of a body or something. I would trying to hide thing. something. You know. They could. They actually could see the groceries that were on the floor, including perishable items like bacon, sausage, and ice cream. Aww. So I I read that they saw that through the front window and immediately. I would be like, something horrible happened. Yeah, you like know? you see melted ice cream and yeah. smelly bacon she didn't come and to work. sausage. Smelly bacon. God, I hate bacon and sausage so much. <laughs> <laughs> when I used to work in a re- the restaurant, this restaurant actually, anytime they cook bacon or sausage, I was like, call me inside when it's done because yeah. I hate the smell so much. It makes me <laughs> nauseous. <laughs> it is really gross. Yeah. Okay, back to the story. Don't hate us for not liking bacon. Yeah, God. Probably like the two people on earth that don't like bacon. I know. Honestly. Or the smell of it. <laughs> so the thermostat was set at 90 degrees and the ad- additional heater that was plugged in was, like, bringing the temperature to 93 degrees in the house. There was multiple supplemental, like, space heaters plugged in. Which is also so sickeningly thought out. Mm -hmm. You're trying to speed up the process of the decomposition. Yep. And, I mean, that was also probably adding to what the officers were smelling. smelling. Yeah. Yeah. So, one of the officers went into one Mm -hmm. of... The homeowner's cars and pressed a garage door opener, which allowed police to access the house because yeah. obviously they couldn't get in the front door with the missing, um, mm. or the back door with the missing doorknob, and they couldn't get in the front door because it didn't have like a lockbox for them to yeah. get in through the realtor or whatever. So authorities entered the home and saw a table with guys' wallet, the guys' wallets, so the mom and dad's wallets. And a sledgehammer on top and another table with long guns on it. They found a barking dog locked in an upstairs room and the remains of Joel Sr. and Lisa Guy scattered throughout the house, which is absolutely horrifying. I'm just going to say that poor dog. I know. It was locked in there for days. In 93 degrees. Yeah. I'm surprised it didn't die. I know. That's like... That's horrible. Yeah. And then it probably... so much more. 
Yeah, and it was probably it probably knew something awful had happened to oh, its sure. owners. Like they had that sense. I'm sure. Ugh. So they discovered a bloody scene and a notebook detailing the plot in a backpack, which we're gonna tell you guys all about, and it is so fucking disturbing. <laughs> Smooth move, Joel. Like fucking write your plans down, put it in a notebook, and leave it at the crime scene. <laughs> yeah, journal, Joel. Journal in that you notebook idiot. your parents definitely bought you. <laughs> so both parents' torsos and dismembered limbs were dissolving in plastic bins and in a homemade acid-based solution full of corrosive chemicals des- described by prosecutors as, quote, a diabolical stew of human remains, which makes me if you don't have the chills. sick to my stomach. If you don't have the chills right now, ugh. A diabolical stew of human remains. Ugh. That's just like, oh, God, that's like how... Jeffrey Dahmer would describe something. You know what I mean? That's like... It's gross. So, obviously, there were signs of a struggle, as you had mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. And among other items investigators found upstairs were sewer line cleaner, a bag of baking soda, liquid fire, muriatic acid, drain opener, lye, food-grade hydrogen peroxide, bleach, and a bleach sprayer, which, great. Hopefully, there's no serial killers listening to our podcast because we just... Told, told them, them the chemical. <laughs> we just told them a chemical com- combination that this guy like yes. obviously researched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is why I said he was like a scientist. Disgusting. Like, I just to even think of it, let alone go through the process of it and mm-hmm. then carrying it out. That just shows how demented this man was. Yeah, seriously, sick in the head. Yeah. So the scene was gruesome, toxic, and very spread out. It took investigators in hazmat suits. Like, they literally had to send people in hazmat suits. They don't blame them. Yeah. It took them all of Monday and Tuesday to process the evidence. And the FBI, the Knox County Sheriff's Office, and the East Baton Rouge Sheriff's Office placed Guy Jr. under surveillance. Mm-hmm. He just had to have been on a little bit more of uh, than just surveillance. If you, I mean, I guess they just really wanted to be able to like, like pin him close down. this kit. Yeah. yeah. So Tuesday night, which was November 29th, Joel Guy Jr. was arrested outside of his Baton Rouge apartment and charged with first degree murder. Hell yeah! When his car was opened in Louisiana, he had a meat grinder in the trunk. To add. To all of this. There's pictures of it. I to saw add it. to all of this. He was planning on grinding up his parents. After days of but them sitting in a hot house while he was gone getting his little wounds sutured. I just can't. This is so disgusting. <sighs> so, this is a little bit about his notebook that was found and how it was obviously considered as planned and premeditated. Yeah, probably the most premeditated case in history. Yeah. So the (laughs) prosecution at his trial called the handwritten journal found in his backpack the, quote, book of premeditation, end quote, which is exactly what it was. Yeah. It contained detailed notes outlining intent to murder and destroy the remains of his parents. So this is what one page said. One page. One page (laughs) said all of this stuff. I'm going to read them, like, in bullet points, because that's how he had them written out. Get carving knives. Get killing knives. Quiet. Multiple. To make small pieces. Oh, my... Get sledgehammer. 
crush bones. Can you just pause for a second? Hold on, let me gather myself. I'm laughing because I'm so nervous. <laughs> My eyes are watering. Like, I think I'm sweating a little bit. This is disturbing. Okay. Oh my god, I don't know how to react. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, everyone. Bring blender and food grinder. Grind meat. Why did he refer to it as meat? It's not meat. It's your parents. You psychopath. Get bleach. Denature proteins. Get plastic bin for denaturation process. So denaturing, I looked it up because I was like, what the heck? It's, it's like, like the breakdown. The yeah. Yeah. Because I was like, exactly what was th- what this do? Is what it do what I think? And yes. Like chemicals like that are really high temperatures can denature proteins. To like help break down the bone and everything. Yeah. Does not matter where they're killed. Just get rid of bloody spots, spots to prevent evidence of time of death. And, and then in parentheses it says, not the mattress or couches. <sighs> Which like, I'm sorry, but why was the rug much better? Like, what the fuck? He killed them on a rug. There's, there's pictures Maybe of he it. meant, like, don't do it on a mattress or a couch, because then you'd have to move that whole thing. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. Who knows? It's the mind of a psychopath. I know, honestly. And then it says, the notes then even showed alleged attempt to create an alibi for himself by writing, quote, set her phone to send me a text message late Sunday to provide that I was in Baton Rouge and that she was still alive end quote. How does one think this way? I don't know. So continuing on, also in bullet points, get rid of bodies inside house. There and my DNA already there. No shit. Open up doggy door to provide entryway. And then in parentheses, I wrote, this was crossed out this whole thing, but I couldn't like cross it out in our document. Yeah. So that was crossed out. And then he wrote, he needs to be blamed. Flush chunks, which... Oh, God, I'm about chunks. to gag. I'm about to gag. I'm gonna blow chunks. Flush chunks down toilet. Toilet was underlined. Not garbage, not intruder disposal. Get plastic sheeting for disposal process. I hate how he's talking about this. Like, like he's, he's throwing like, garbage away. Yeah, or like writing a list to bake a cake and the ingredient, like, you know yeah. what I mean? It's, like, like it's so, so nonchalant, nonchalant. and yeah. he's already referring to his parents as chunks and disposal pro. Like, he's, like, not even mm. referring to them as anything. He doesn't write their name or refer to them as mom or dad once in his list. Chunks is one of those words for me. Yeah, just, like, moist. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Chunks is, yeah, uh, no. Okay. Um, get hollow point bullets just in case. This was crossed out, and then he wrote, will be, seen buy- will be seen buying bullets. Just use computer room gun. Check to make sure there are bullets. Last resort. That's And he didn't continue. He's not alive to claim her half of the insurance money. And then he put a little arrow, all mine, $500,000. Disgusting. Yeah. Which obviously is already showing his motive right there. Mm-hmm. Flood the house, covers up forensic evidence. Evidence. I can't talk all of a sudden. I'm really nervous. (laughs) Turn heater up as high as it goes. Speeds decomposition. Bleach reacts with luminol just like blood. Dows area with bleach. This is disgusting. Big sprayer. Lie. Trash compactor. He put a question mark. Body gives times of death. Alibi. 
don't have to get rid of body if there is no forensic evidence on the body. And then he put in capital letters, his fingerprints and DNA. So obviously he was trying to blame it on his dad somehow. Like, everything is so scattered though in all of this. And it really doesn't make sense if he was trying to blame it on his dad. How and would they his, killed his dad? How would his dad have chopped up his own body and I disposed know. of his own body? That doesn't make any sense. I just think that he went on a fucking rampage. And it was just pure rage while all of this happened. And I don't know. And, like, was he, like, looking at his checklist as he did this shit? Like right, I, like, check. Yeah. Check. Right. Ugh. So, as early as November 7th, 2016, he was caught on multiple surveillance cameras buying supplies. He used cash for every transaction and self-checkout most of the time. So, he was already planning all of this. Mm-hmm. As we said, he was covering his tracks. November 7th, he bought several items at an Ace Hardware in Neapolianville, including muriatic acid and food-grade hydrogen peroxide. November 18th, at Home Depot, he can be seen buying the bleach sprayer, extension cords, and a timer. November 19th, he was seen at Academy Sports buying a marine-style kabar knife, whatever the hell that is. (laughs) November 21st, He was seen at a Knoxville Walmart buying a large plastic blue tote for the dismembered bodies to dissolve in. November 26th, Lisa Guy was also found on surveillance footage before her murder, buying supplies at Walmart at approximately 12.15 p.m. So he purposely planned out all of these stops in different places so no one would be like, okay, why the hell are you buying this, 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 All together. Yeah. Yeah. And different days. And he used cash. And he did self-checkout. But guess what, asshole? There's such thing as CCTV. And DNA. (laughs) And, like, who, like, you're the son and you're gone and then you have a cut on your hand. Yeah. It's just, it led right to him. Yeah. So, I'm going to talk about the trial. (laughs) Why are you laughing? Because he pled not guilty. (laughs) Oh, Yeah. Like, what? Psychopath. Psychopath. How how can you even in your right mind think that you are not guilty in this situation? So, he filed a motion that he be given the death penalty if convicted as well, which I read a little bit more into that, and everybody, like, in the court, and including the judge, was like, what is wrong with you? Like, why would you want the death penalty for yourself? And they purposely didn't give it to him. Yeah. Because he asked for it. Well, clearly, because he just, he didn't want to spend time. He didn't want to spend time. Do yeah, time. Yeah. Exactly. But just the whole thing, I mean, I don't know. Defense counsel John Halstead and Jonathan Harwell presented no evidence on his behalf. <laughs> they're just like, they're like, yeah, he did it. Did it. <laughs> or they're just like, wait, like, what do we have to show that he's not guilty? We are not a good defense team. I'm surprised he, did he didn't represent himself. That was the shocker to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because he is clearly a psychopath. <laughs> Trial was a whopping four days long. <laughs> In and out. Done. Yeah. More than 700 pieces of evidence and 27 witnesses were brought forward during his case. So He's... clearly his list really helped him yeah, exactly. commit this crime without re- repercussion. Right. He was convicted October 2nd, 2020... On two counts of first-degree murder, three counts of felony murder, two counts of abuse of a corpse. Ugh. He will serve two life sentences consecutively, four additional years for two counts of abusing a corpse, and that's more than 100 years total. 
Um, looks like you're not gonna survive it, Joel. I guess you'll never get a job, Joel. <laughs> I guess you would never worked a day in your life. Disgusting. At sentencing, at the sentencing hearing, the Knox County Criminal Court judge, Stephen Sword, called the crime, quote, pure evil overkill. Yeah, I agree. Me too. Saying that Guy Jr.'s dismemberment of his parents was beyond what would already warrant maximum sentence for abuse of a corpse. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Quote, this is the most extreme abuse of a corpse I've seen in 25 years, and I hope it's the most serious that I'll see in my career. Ugh, I have the chills. I know. He also said, I don't see potential for rehabilitation of Mr. Guy. Hell fucking no! No. He also said, I was watching him during the trial. He showed absolutely no remorse or despair over, like, over what was happening and over what he had done, Sword said. And he said, Quite frankly, Mr. Guy, you look like you're the kind of, you're kind of proud of what you've accomplished. Ugh. And that is, I mean, that is true from some of the pictures. He's, like, holding his, like, chin up. Yeah. Like, his like head he's high. like, I did this. Yeah. I just, I would be so disgusted to be one of the witnesses or, like, one of the law enforcement officers that saw this crime scene and then saw him in court like that. Ugh. Like, had to see him. You'd probably want to rip the guy's head off. Exactly. The state had received letters that Guy Jr. had been threatening them to harm his cellmate so he could basically have the cell to himself. Okay. He claims that he had fantasies of gouging out the eyes of his fellow inmates and he could be a threat to the general jail population. So he clearly is just a selfish selfish bastard. Well, he's a psychopath mm-hmm. and at the same time he wants his... He wanted the death penalty, didn't get the death penalty, so now he wants his own cell to just be, like, living by himself. Living it up in jail. Yeah. He has the right to seek a new trial before appealing his conviction, but motions like this are really rarely granted. Judge Sword said, set a February 5th, 2021 status hearing on that issue. So, like, two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks from now. Mm Mm-hmm. Ugh. He probably didn't even, if I were that judge, I wouldn't even want to set it. I'd be like, yo, your trial, it's right now, and guess what? (laughs) No. No. Yeah. Denied. So, October 8th, 2020, which was only a few weeks ago. No, weeks ago. We're in January. Holy (laughs) shit. And that was 2020. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) Quarantine brain. What day is it? (laughs) Yeah, sorry. What year are we Okay, scratch that. (laughs) I sound like an asshole. October 8th, 2020. Wait, no, that wasn't last year. Yeah, but it was... It was, well, technically, because we're in 2020. Yeah, a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't that bad. Okay. He, Joel wrote a a note six days after being convicted. He mentioned thoughts of harming one inmate while he slept. Quote, I hate the way this man even writes. Like, I I just hate this guy. I'm writing this letter because I don't want to end up with a disciplinary disciplinary infraction or worse, more criminal charges, nor do I logically believe that this gentleman deserves to be blind. And then he continues on later in the letter, I don't know what to do. I shouldn't be allowed access to another person while they're unconscious. I hate him so much. Me too. Like- and like... End up with a disciplinary infraction or worse, more criminal charges? Dude, you're in there for a hundred years. You're in there years. for over a hundred years. You're never getting out. <laughs> like, he's still not comprehending what he did. Mm. And... I don't think he ever will. And, or worse, 
What could be worse than what you did to your parents? I don't understand him. I just don't get how it's humanly possible to do what he did. Like, he has that face, too, that you just want to fucking punch. I would punch like, him. Like, he has such a punchable face. I would punch him. <laughs> yeah. I definitely would. I've always wanted to punch someone in the face. <laughs> well, it could be Joel Bad Jr. <laughs> let's get, let's head down. I've never and- done it. Seriously. I've always wanted to punch someone in the face. But I've oh never God. done it. <laughs> Haven't you? Haven't you? What, want to punch someone in the face? Yeah, and, like, actually follow through with it. Because, like, most of the time it's, like, you're, like, oh, I just want to punch you in the face. I've tried to punch. I've almost punched someone in the face, but they, like, moved. I never have. And I really want to. The girl at Bamboozle. (laughs) (laughs) What did she do? She, well, I was in line at Bamboozle. And if you've ever been to Bamboozle, which is a music festival, you know there is no fucking line, like, to get food. You make your way through the crowd, and that's how you get your food. And I went in front of this girl, and she got mad and took my shirt strap and ripped it down. Ooh, bitch. Yeah, and I turned around, and I grabbed her by her hair (laughs) and screamed in her face. And then I went to punch her, and there was this whole crowd around us. This was back in my, like, wild teenage days. (laughs) And there was this whole crowd around around us going, ooh. And then she, like... Slipped out of my grasp and ran away, and I was oh, like, "What? She's yeah, lucky. you better, <laughs> you better run." Yeah. I really do. Yeah. I know a few people that I'd punch in the face right now, but like, I would never physically do it. Like, Wait, I have punched someone in the face. Who? I have. Oh my god. A guy who said something really, really disturbing to me, and I jumped through his car window and oh, grabbed him and punched yes, him yes. in the face. Yes, you. Told and then me. my guy friends, this was also my wild teenage years. Yes, yes. My guy friends, like, pulled me out of the car as the guy tried <sighs> driving away with me hanging out his window. See, I gotta do it before I die. <laughs> you gotta do it before you hit 30. I gotta punch someone. Because then you don't have an excuse. <laughs> okay. You were young. You were young then. <laughs> so, okay, back to it. Um, prosecutor... Nasios argued that his letter is a ploy to get his own jail cell by himself. Really? Which, yeah, but at the same time, if he does end up doing something freaking crazy then... That they're going to blame themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So, a quote about Joel Sr. and Lisa. Let's get back to the people who matter in this obituary. story. Yeah. So, it. I hate when we have to talk all about... The murderer. Yeah, the murderer. And when there's not tons of background information on the people who it happened to. This says a little bit. Yeah. So, quote, They both had a great sense of humor, were loving and kind-hearted, and the most compassionate people. They were the loves of each other's lives. I'm gonna start crying. The obituary said, They enjoyed anything that involved being together, which included being in nature and on the water. They loved their kids and adored their grandchildren. I'm tearing up. Me too. I'm really upset. And, like, literally they spent their lives while he was alive catering to him. And then he just killed and them. And then he did that to them when they were, like, ready to finally enjoy li- their lives for themselves. Literally, they were about to retire. Yeah. That's just so awful. It's just so sad. I can't even imagine what his, what their, um... Other kids went through the three daughters. Yeah. And their grandkids. Yeah. I just... Losing both of them at the same time, all because of one fucked up human being. Mm-hmm. And that they had to live with the fact that it was then their their stepbrother that did it. Yeah, like, they knew him. I wonder... Like, they knew him his whole... Well, probably most of his life. Right. 
and they obviously had no inkling. Like, I wonder what he, like, acted, like, socially around people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I would have had to have been something that somebody caught on to one day and been like, okay, something's weird. Unless he was a straight-up psychopath and, and he just can mimic can behavior. Yeah. 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 I don't know. That that is one of the most disturbing cases I've ever heard. Thanks, Lindsay. Same, yeah. Thanks, Lindsay. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Just kidding. No, you said do a deep dive, girl. <laughs> we told where we wish we had it. I know. I was. I had nightmares. I literally thought about this guy, and like, I hate that I think about him. Like you said, more than his poor yeah. parents that were the victims of this. But that's also because you're trying to comprehend the mindset of a, a killer, which. Yeah. And, I mean, that also is a good thing. It says a lot about you if you're disturbed by it. Because True. It if be. I was, like, okay with it, you should be concerned. Yeah. But I'm not, obviously. Yeah. It's just really sad and unfortunate that this had to happen. Mm-hmm. Very sad. Yeah. All right. So, do we have anything happy to add? <laughs> we have four mugs left. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say that. We're so pumped about that. Yeah. Like, we are obsessed with the mugs, and we are so excited to start selling them. Yeah, and we don't know, I mean, unless there's a demand from you guys saying, order more, order more, once we run out, we don't really know when we're going to have them again. Yeah, we, yeah, exactly. So, because... We can always order more, but we're not going to do it if it's not worth it. Yeah, exactly, because we're the ones paying for it (laughs) until you guys buy them. Yeah. So, yeah. Update. We actually don't have any mugs left, but if you guys are interested, again, just let us know and we can order some more in the future. What else? I'm trying to think. I don't know. I mean, we still have shirts available. Yes, we do. If you guys want to buy shirts, um, I think there's like 10 or so left Mm -hmm. of shirts. Um, And same thing with the shirts. We won't have them again for a little while unless there's a high demand for them. Because those were expensive shit. (laughs) Yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. (laughs) We wanted to have the pocket on the shirts, like where the logo goes, and nobody did the fucking pocket. And if you wanted the pocket, it was like so much more expensive. It's like $10 more for a fucking pocket. It literally is. (laughs) And no place will do them like, cheaper because they have, a po- like, a little yeah. pocket sewn on. Yeah, and it's, like, I'm not asking for the logo spread across the whole shirt. I'm asking for the teeny tiny logo on the pocket. Yeah, and they're, like, $30. No, not yeah. that much. Yeah. They're All right, expensive. well, I think that's it. And stay tuned for our listener story. Yeah. We love that we're doing this. Yeah, it's so much fun. Yeah. So, until next time, guys. See you guys. Bye. So, as we mentioned earlier in the episode... We have another listener story. Woohoo! It's actually my friend, well, one of my best friends, Ashley, and her story is pretty crazy, so. I'm really excited. Yeah. Hi, Ash. Hey, Ash. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so, you want to tell us about your creepy story? Yeah. So, it started off with a day of rando nodding, which is an app that you can download and it gives you random coordinates to this location nearby for you to travel to. Mm -hmm. And you kind of think of something that you want to be at this location. It could be something sweet, the color blue. And this app is supposed to bring you to this location and have what you thought of there. Yeah. So 
you know, so me and my friends were doing that for the day. Then I decided one more. My thought was kids. And I initially thought that it would bring me to a park or a playground, something along those lines. So you were like manifesting kids. Yeah. Like Why would you do day. that? That is the end. I thought of, of a park. I should have thought about a park and not kids. <laughs> <laughs> my mistake. So it had brought me and my friend to this parking lot. And beyond the parking lot was this overgrown field. It had to have been about four foot high worth of grass mm-hmm. and the location that it was bringing me through was in this m- the middle of the field uh-huh. so we get there and everything's fine at first and I'm starting to walk into the middle of this field by myself because it was so overgrown that there was ticks there was you couldn't see five feet in front of you yeah, yeah that's so already disturbing yeah <laughs> Yeah, so I'm walking, and I started to get a really weird vibe. Like, I just did not like the feeling. And I kept calling out to my girlfriend, who was standing 100 yards away, Can you see me? Can you hear me? (laughs) (laughs) So I get to this point in the middle of the field, and to the right of me, there's this old farmhouse, old fence line, and... I almost felt like I was in a scene from Jurassic Park, almost like if something was going to come up out of the bushes. Like the little raptors were going to come up and attack you? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I was waiting for, like, the grass to move and just something to pop out. I was scared. And this was in the middle of the day. Yeah, so imagine... You probably would have actually, like, shit your pants if you did it at night. Yeah, really. <laughs> I'm like, I would not have gone. I'm so scared. So I, I would have stayed if I had a shovel to dig up that spot or something because I was drawn to the one spot, mm-hmm. but I was so scared I couldn't stay, and I didn't walk out of that field. I ran. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. I ran as if something was chasing me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm picturing that in my head right now. (laughs) I mean, even if... exactly happened. I was like, okay. Even if there was something, it was something that couldn't be seen, so there was still this weird girl just running through a field. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Nothing happened, though, and I was like, wow, why was I so scared? There was nothing there in the middle of the day. Yeah. So the next night I go to bed, Nothing's happening. And I normally have weird dreams, but nothing like this. Oh, God. And. Kelsey's scared. (laughs) I went to bed and I woke. My dream was it was in this field, not overgrown, just this regular field. And there were these dogs that were attacked to this pole and they had to be fed. But there was a black dog that was trying to attack me, so I couldn't feed them. Mm-hmm. So as I'm struggling to feed them, I look to the right and up on the hill is an old farmhouse. And I see this girl, probably around eight or nine years old, in this white dress from about the 1900s. And she runs into this old farmhouse. And I think to myself, oh, this is the girl that went missing. Let me go get her. What the fuck? <laughs> 
I walk up to the farmhouse and the door was open. And as I step into inside the farmhouse, I look to the left and she was standing in the corner. And as I say to her, it's okay, we found you. Mm-hmm. She lunges across the room and grabs my neck. Oh my God. <laughs> as she grabs my neck, I wake up gasping. Isn't that terrifying? What the fuck? And that was the kid that she I, manifested. <laughs> I, I knew in my heart that it was that girl from the field. Yeah. Oh, my God. I I mean, I have nightmares. I have your regular horrific dreams. But this girl in my dream was coming for my soul. (laughs) (laughs) She really was. I did not dream her up. I've never seen her before. And just the way that she lunged across the room and put her hand out towards my neck to almost grab me yeah was horrifying do you remember like seeing a face because i feel like a lot of times in dreams like it happens she remembers the face you do yeah oh my god if i saw a picture of her i would know it and even the next day i was so freaked out i was looking up the dresses the haircuts it was like a dirty blonde girl with a bob haircut oh and a white dress uh i wonder do you remember if the farmhouse in the dream was the same as the one near the field? Like an older Maybe version of it? It was about the same location. Yeah. You should go but back to the shovel. Well, what if she's angry just because, in like you had said, in your dream, she was missing? Yeah. Maybe she, like, wants to be found. Yeah. Or she's just demo- some <laughs> demonic child that you manifested. <laughs> I'm not going back there alone. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Bryn should go back with you. <laughs> <laughs> because that was just, I mean, like I said, I've had nightmares, but I woke up knowing that it was that girl. Yeah. That that was the weird vibe that I had the day prior. Which is like just the scariest thing in itself. Yeah. That's terrifying. Yeah. Like, yeah. even beyond going to a weird location or having a creepy dream, just knowing that both of them were tied together, like, that's so creepy. I know. <laughs> and it involves yeah, a child. That's even worse. <laughs> I'm never thinking of kids again. <laughs> You've learned your lesson. <laughs> well, thanks so much for your yeah. story, Ash. That was awesome. Yeah, that was really cool. And Thank you. You're welcome. And make sure if you have any more, you let us know. You can totally be on as many times as you want. Yeah. If anything else creepy <laughs> happens. Yeah. <laughs> so is there any kind of handle you want to give to our listeners on Instagram or you want to talk a little bit actually about your business that Ooh. you have with Kate? Yeah. Talk about that. Yes, absolutely. So our handle is Chop K-A Creations on Instagram okay. or Facebook. And me and my girlfriend Kate basically make um, wooden home decor, tumblers, signs, door hangers, things like that. And you can find us there and we can work with you on what you want us to make. So awesome. cute. Their stuff is really cute. Yeah, I love it. Thank you. Love it. Awesome. Thanks nice. so much, Ash. We really appreciate you coming on. Thank you, guys. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye. bye.
For more information regarding this case and our resources, follow us at Crime Cults and Coffee on Instagram and Facebook.